today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. I'm so grateful that our lives are in God's hands. And to live that way and to plan that way and to be able to understand that life is a gift from God. You have no right to tomorrow. It's not your inalienable right. It's a gift from God. It's a mercy from His hand that you're alive today. So use every day wisely for the Lord. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and Our lives are a gift from God. He didn't have to create people, but He chose to, even knowing what we would become. God also gives us each day that we live. These daily gifts should not be wasted, as Pastor Ed reminds us today. God also has a purpose for each individual, and we have the chance to make a difference in our world. Every day that we are given, we can also make the choice to give it back to God, allowing Him to work through us and touch people around us, all while blessing us as well. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith. James tries to get those Christians' attention. They were merchants and they were in the wholesale business, buying and selling and making money. Going about life as if life never would end. And James gets their attention and he rebukes their self-sufficient attitude. Listen to his words in verse 13 again. Now listen you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Ah, Bottom line never changes. Is anything wrong with planning? Should we throw away our daytimers? Should we get rid of our planners on the computer? No, no. The Bible's not against planning for the future. The Bible's not against keeping a daily log. Not at all. What it's against is planning and forgetting God in those plans. Not letting Him guide those plans. Planning as if He didn't exist. That was what James was addressing. Look at the verse. It says, today or tomorrow. That's their plan. They're planning today or tomorrow. They have their plan today, tomorrow. This is what we're going to do. The place, this or that city, the period. We're going to spend a year there. They thought it, they knew exactly how long that they were going to be there. Their purpose. They're going to carry on business. Then the bottom line, their profit They're going to make money. James says in verse 16, As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. How secure. How smug. How unchristian we can be in our planning, the planning of our lives. We forget That God is the only one who holds tomorrow in his hand. That God holds all of our future in his hands. And you cannot plan without God. Christians 
Remember Proverbs 27.1? Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. None of us knows what tomorrow holds for any of us. And so we have to walk in humble dependency on God. Our security is our trust. Listen to the next verse because it gives you the reason for a humble, dependent attitude. He gives us the reason. Verse 14, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What he's saying there is life is uncertain. We look at the uncertainty of life. Does anybody remember October 17th, 1989? They were entering into the third game of the World Series. It was just ahead of them. It was the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Oakland A's. What happened that day? Earthquake. Rocked Los Angeles. 63 dead. 963 homes completely destroyed. Over 180,000 homes damaged. 3,700 people injured. In a moment's time. Our plans can change. How quickly we forget 9-11. How quickly it just escapes our memory. March 11, 2004. Ten bombs blowing up in the train system in Madrid. July 7, 2005. It was just a few days before I was to arrive in London. And right at the hotel I stayed at, there was a subway system and there was a bus stop that had been bombed by terrorists or bombed by people in London. Does Al-Qaeda have to make another attack? What wakes us up to realize that life is transitory, that we cannot claim tomorrow. Today is a gift from God. Now is a gift from God. You have no guarantee of tomorrow. I have no guarantee of tomorrow. We have to live every single one of our days in humble submission to the Lord. We had a beautiful service at our men's ministry meeting. It was great. The young men who led us in worship were at Sam's house. They decided to take a trip and go to Middletown, to a music store. They had just gone out of the development, weren't too far, and a car came right in their lane towards them, and they had to veer off the road to escape a head-on collision. And there, Stephen crashed into some type of cement unit that housed gas lines. Thank God all of them were safe. The car is demolished. Do we really know what tomorrow holds? Well, I'm going to put enough money in my 401. Remember Enron? We don't know what tomorrow holds. And so James is trying to say to them, the only security is in God. Now, we may try and build structures around us and sort of try and get security in the world that we live in. Don't trust any of those things. That's what the scripture is telling us. We're reminded again and again by crisis. Who said these words? Like anybody, I'd like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. 
But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. He wanted to do God's will. He wanted to see racial reconciliation. He wanted to see a change in our land. And I'm thankful for his ministry. I'm thankful for his work in civil rights. Beloved, none of us have tomorrow. We only have this moment. And we have to do our very best to listen to God's voice, to walk in his ways, to order our steps by his word, to yield our lives to him. That's what James is saying. Let me take you back to 1923. It's the Edgewater Beach Hotel in Chicago. Attending this meeting are nine of the greatest financiers in the United States. Those present were, one, the president of the largest independent steel company, the president of the largest utility company, the president of the largest gas company, the greatest wheat speculator, the president of the New York Stock Exchange, a member of the president's cabinet, the greatest bear in Wall Street, head of the world's greatest monopoly, president of the Bank of International Settlements. What happened to these powerful men 25 years later? Here's the research. The president of the steel company lived on borrowed money the last five years of his life and died bankrupt. The president of the greatest utility company died a fugitive from justice and penniless in a foreign land. The president of the largest gas company was insane. The greatest wheat speculator died abroad insolvent. The president of the New York Stock Exchange was released from Sing Sing Penitentiary. The member of the president's cabinet was pardoned from prison so that he could die at home. The greatest bear on Wall Street died a suicide. The head of the greatest monopoly died a suicide. The president of the Bank of International Settlements died a suicide. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Our security is in God and God alone. That's what James is telling us. It's not wrong to plan. It's not wrong to invest. It's not wrong to get an education and try and prepare for the future. But don't trust in those things. Put your hand in God's hand and allow him to lead you into every tomorrow. Trust him with your tomorrows. Ask him for guidance and direction. That's what James is telling us. We are not to just go through life living as virtual atheists, as if God doesn't exist. Not only do we see the uncertainty of our life, but the brevity of life. In 1 Peter 1.24, it reads, All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. Our glory, our power, gone in a moment's time. James says, Your life, You are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. It's gone. It's like a smoke that disappears in the air. It's like the early morning fog that disappears when the sun rises. It's like the steam in a kettle. 
that just goes up to the ceiling and then it's gone. That's the way our life is. It vanishes. We're here for a moment and we're gone the next. It's folly. It's foolish. Jesus told a parable about a man who built bigger and bigger barns. What he was saying is, don't govern your life. Don't direct your life around the acquisition of things. There's no protection for you. He said, watch out, be on your gut against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. After he had built this up for all these years, listen to what happens. The man says, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things later for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. David said it this way. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. That's what Psalm 39.5 says. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. It's like running on a cold day. And your breath goes out and you just see it disappear. Our life is like that. Short. A moment's time. The poet said it this way. When as a child I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a youth I dreamed and talked, time walked. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. When older still I grew, time flew. Soon I shall find in passing on time gone life is so very frail it's good to see Rob and Ronnie here on their honeymoon coming back their boat almost capsized on that brand new cruise ship thank God he spared them and he watched over them I'm so grateful that our lives are in God's hands and to live that way and to plan that way And to be able to understand that life is a gift from God. You have no right to tomorrow. It's not your inalienable right. It's a gift from God. It's a mercy from his hand that you're alive today. So use every day wisely for the Lord. That's what James is saying. They didn't include God in their plans. And they should have. What's the response of a humble, dependent attitude? How should we respond to what James is telling us in verse 15? Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. Now, that doesn't mean that every time you say something, it is the Lord's will. No, you live with that attitude. You find it in the New Testament. Paul the Apostle says to the Corinthians, but I will come to you very soon if it is the Lord's will, if it's the Lord is willing. In Ephesians, he's speaking to the Ephesian elders in the book of Acts, I will come back if it is God's will. I'm not saying make it a cliche, but live with that attitude. Live with that willingness to submit everything you have to God and say, God, your will be done. Right over every plan the will of God. Right over every desire, your will. Right over everything that you're thinking about and bring it before the Lord. Ask Him to direct your steps. Ask Him to guide you in whatever you're doing. 
what happens is people become bold. They think, it's my education, it's my training, it's my giftings, it's my hard work, it's my abilities. That's what's gotten me where, I'm, where I am. No, no, no. Again and again, remember the mercies and the grace and the goodness of God because suddenly your whole life could be changed as you're driving your car and someone veers into your lane. Or you go to sleep. And maybe you don't wake up that morning. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic at all. I am trying to encourage you to really seek God's will. How do we think? How do we speak? Do we submit everything to him? That's what really the text is asking us to do. It's submit to the will of God. If it is God's will. Lord, I submit my plans to you. I yield my plans to you. I give my life to you. In 1 Peter 4, 2, it says, So as to live for the rest of your earthly life, no longer by human desires, but by the will of God. Notice what the text says. No longer by human desires, but by the will of God. How do people in the world live? Well, they do what they feel. They want this. They want that. They want to go here. They want to do that. And they are just governed by their emotions, by their desires. They follow their heart. No. Where to follow God's will? Where to ask him? God, is this how you want me to respond to this situation? Is this what you want me to do? Where to go to the book? Where to seek godly counsel? Where to live out the scriptures in our daily life. That's a guide for our steps. That's what James is saying. Don't forget God in your plans. Surrender yourself to him. There was an old preacher and a young preacher, and the old young preacher was somewhat anxious about tomorrow, and they were walking in this garden together, and he was just sharing his heart with this old respected preacher, and the old preacher took the bud of a rose, and he gave it to him. And he said, I want you to open up this rose without damaging the petals. And so the young preacher tried to open the rose, and he got frustrated. He realized he couldn't open that rose without damaging the petals. And when the old preacher observed that, he began to quote this poem. Listen to the words. It's only a tiny rosebud, a flower of God's design, but I cannot unfold the petals with these clumsy hands of mine. The secret of unfolding flowers is not known to such as I. God opens this flower so sweetly when in my hands they die. If I cannot unfold the rosebud, this flower of God's design, then how can I have the wisdom to unfold this life of mine? So I'll trust him for leading. Each moment of my day, I will look to him for his guidance. Each step of the pilgrim way, the pathway that lies before me, only my heavenly Father knows. I'll trust him to unfold the moments just as he unfolds the rose. God is the partner in the sense of your life, but he expects to have the deciding vote. 
He is partners with you in the business of your life. But he wants to cast the final deciding vote. You want to write over everything in your life. God, I want your will. If God is willing. If it is the Lord's will. You'll see this humble dependence. And it's manifested by submitting to God. But there's something else. If it is God's will. If it is the Lord's will. It speaks about fixing your perspective, fixing your worldview so that you will look at life from God's perspective. In Matthew 6.10, we're taught to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus taught us to pray that. God, I want to do your will. We need to work to do God's will. We need the plan to do God's will. We need to pray to do God's will. We need to endeavor. There needs to be a conviction in our heart that I'm going to do the will of God. If you're committed to do the will of God, you're going to find purpose in your life. And if you find purpose in your life, you're going to find destiny in your life. And if you find destiny in your life, you're going to find meaning in your life. A person who submits themselves to God and is committed, has their heart, their mind, their soul, their whole being fixed on doing the will of God, finds a sense of destiny in living their life. They won't be like a pinball on the pinball machine, shaking here and there. And that's what James is saying. Listen, we're here for a moment. We're here for a season. Our life is like a vapor. We're here today and gone tomorrow. Whether you live 60 years or 70 years or 20 years or 80 years, It's gone. It's just a moment. Those of us who are older, you know what I mean when I say, you could remember when you were 20 or 17 or 80. It's just just like yesterday, and all of a sudden you turn around. The years have just gone by. That's the way life is. And that's why James says, Be careful to do God's will. There's a frightening verse, a challenging verse, found in Matthew's gospel concerning the will of God. Listen to what he says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Are we committed to do God's will? Would you do that this week? When you get up in the morning... Think about the will of God. Is there someone, Lord, you want me to pray for? Is there someone you want me to witness to? Is there a passage of Scripture, Lord, that you want me to especially to meditate on throughout the day? Lord, is there something that I can do today? As we bring this message to a close, there's a passage of Scripture found in Psalm 43.10. Make this your prayer. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on firm footing. The New Living Translation. Today, some of you are on shaky footing because you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Some have said, I'll serve God, but not now. And you've put off a decision follow Jesus will you make a decision to say Lord 
I'm going to surrender my will to you. I want to give my life to you. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? These words from the book of James could lead one to believe that we must earn our salvation by good works. Pastor Ed will tackle this difficult subject and more as he teaches through the book of James. We'll learn that works are the result of faith, not the other way around. Although building in faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through his series through the book of James, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores